0: Hello and welcome to another episode of I Could Never Be here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Guys, one day after Easter. We are officially in quarter two of the year. Crazy. We're three months in. I hope you guys have had a very refreshing weekend, a nice relaxing weekend. Again, we talked last week. Forgive. Let go of anything that happened in the past and just kind of move forward. Something that I realized yesterday is that volunteering is exhausting. I mean, literally, there's no way to put it. We talk about how great it makes you feel. It's exhausting. I volunteered for six hours yesterday at church parking cars. Today, my feet hurt, my legs hurt, but as corny as it sounds, my heart is full. And that is really what volunteering and helping others, even if it's, you know, whatever form of volunteering you want, but giving back, helping out. It might be exhausting in the the moment, but the next day, you're really going to feel fulfilled. And that is something that I want to encourage you guys to do this week. I'm so excited to talk with our guest today. You're listening to his song right now and his new album just came out a couple weeks ago, Silver Lining. It is incredible. It opened up at number 17 on album on iTunes album chart. He goes on tour just in uh, a little over a week on a nationwide tour for a couple months. He has toured and played with Ariana Grande flow rider Jason Derulo. Please welcome Jake Miller. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate you coming in. And uh, We were talking, you're a Michigan fan. Big game tonight. Yes.
1: Uh, you are feeling good? Feeling confident I'm going feeling against great. Nova? I'm feeling great. I don't really know too much about college basketball <laughs> or Villanova or even Michigan, to be honest. But I know my sister wants them to win, so I want them to win. Because your sister goes to Michigan. Yeah, she's a senior. She's graduating in like a month actually. Yeah. Nice. So I yeah. want her to like go out like with a bang and just That's like, true. Senior year, that's the best way to go out. Yeah. And, like, she she watches the games at this place called uh, Skeeps, Scorekeepers, mm. with all of her friends, and it just looks, like, so rowdy. They even put, like, the live feed of the bar sometimes. Wow. On, on, like, on ESPN or whatever, whatever the channel.
0: People in the Midwest in the wintertime, like, they, whenever their sports are on, they gather inside because, A, it's warm, yeah. and they're just together, and it's rowdy, man. It's well, Michigan
1: has, like, the craziest fans. That's, that's what I see. They I've do. Seen. I think I'm that's
0: a good and a bad thing.
1: thing. Yeah. I, it <laughs> seems like a good thing. Everywhere you go, you just see blue and yellow, and you see people with Michigan uh, apparel, so... Um, maybe I just see it more now that I'm kind of looking for it, but yeah. Shout Absolutely, out. shout Absolutely. out Michigan. So, so uh,
0: your album just came out, yeah. March 9th, right? Uh, maybe
1: I don't remember I, the March 9th, but, but how it does it feel? Out.
0: You're yes. a couple weeks out. Obviously, you've been hearing from a lot of people. It's been out there. It's been yeah. getting crazy plays. I listened to it. I love it. Thank what you. is your thought having it be out now? You feeling relieved? Are you excited?
1: Yeah, all of the above. Um, you know, just working so long. Um, working so long on a project and just kind of having it be my baby and working it, you know, all day, all night, writing it, producing it, and not really showing anybody. Yeah. You know, and and having these songs in my iTunes library and on my iPod and listening to them in the car countless amount of times to you know tweak them and make sure that they're right. To doing that for six months to just you know the moment where it finally comes out and I'm getting all these tweets saying how everybody just loves the songs. Like that's that's really the moment that uh you know I wait for as an artist every you know few months when I put out a. At an add an album, and I think uh, as an artist, you know, you always want your projects, whether it's a music video or an album or a song, to be the best one yet. And I could truly say that this is my favorite album I've ever put out.
0: You just put out your last one in June of last year. How long after that album
1: did you say, I'm gonna do another one? Did you start working on this one? Um, right when I got back from the last tour, uh, which was called the Back to the Star Tour, mm-hmm. I, I think I got back around like November maybe around my birthday and I immediately started working on this album. This is so, quick, right? I mean for yeah. for an album to be out like what in a matter of five months? Yeah. No, I, I definitely uh I definitely worked really hard for, you know, three, four solid months. And um I had my friend Gary who was kinda doing my merch on tour. He uh after the tour he moved in with me. He was living in New Jersey and he's like, I'm just gonna come live in LA. If it's cool I'll live on your couch. So <laughs> he lived on my couch for like three months and uh he's also a writer and producer, so between the two of us we just knocked out these songs like real fast and um you know we didn't rush it at all by any means but they were all just really cool organic studio sessions that you know happened in my room because i'm doing it all in my room and it just felt all really cool and organic and authentic
0: yeah you wrote this album and we're doing the music and vibing it all together in your bedroom yeah how did that come about versus people who think oh there's big studios that are involved in all this stuff and you came out with this amazing album in your bedroom
1: yeah it's it's pretty uh it's very fulfilling you know now that I'm doing it like that and also the last album 2am in LA was done the same way but um it used to be like that for me where i would go into really big fancy studios and work with you know 10 other people and make one song with so many other writers and producers but um that was when i was signed i'm independent now mm-hmm. i'm an independent artist which was one of the best things that ever happened to me and one of the you know downsides when you're not with a label is you don't have as many connections and mm-hmm. i've made a lot of connections but you know they were they were the ones booking me the studio time they were the ones putting me in with all these writers and producers and so when i became independent i kind of was like all right what am i going to do now in terms of you know getting the beats getting the studio time you know right i've always r- written my own stuff but mm-hmm. and i've always felt like i didn't have to rely on other writers but in terms of production i always felt like i needed you know producers there to give me the beats because yeah. i did, i've never made a beat in my life yep. before last year and so when I became independent, you know, I just uh, I, I just made a pack to myself. I wanted to go to Guitar Center, pick up all this equipment. I have a super basic studio, you know, set up in my room. You don't need anything mm-hmm. fancy these days. And, you know, I spent so much time on YouTube. I had friends come over, teach me how to use this plug-in, how to, you know, set up a dope vocal chain and, you know, learn piano. I've never played piano wow. for the last year. And all of 2017, I just dedicated to, you know, being my own, producer, songwriter, mixer, master, whatever you want to call it. I'm just trying to do it all.
0: <laughs> Isn't the internet great?
1: Yeah, you can learn anything it's a, on It is
0: amazing yeah. what
1: you can learn on YouTube if you yes. put your mind to it. Facts, anything. <laughs> and
0: yeah. the album art you said was even shot in your kitchen.
1: Yeah, so the album art is, I love the music on this album, but the album art is what I'm like the most proud of on this album. Um, which is why we're making like physical albums and vinyls, mm-hmm. just because like this album art I think is the most beautiful album art I've ever seen, like yeah and i'm not even I'm not even scared to say that and sound cocky because I didn't really make the album art, you know someone someone else mm-hmm. did obviously, if I knew how to work Photoshop, I would do it myself, but I can't um <laughs> but I had all the ideas, you know, so I would take the pictures of me and this girl, Juliana, who I grew up with in high school, but she came over, we took a bunch of pictures in my kitchen in my apartment. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to this 18-year-old kid out in Finland named Julius. And he's just crazy on Photoshop. And I sent him the whole album before it came out. I said, this is what I want this album, this single to look like. This is what I want this single cover to look like. And uh, you know, he just took pictures of me and this girl sitting on the floor of our kitchen and Photoshopped it to make it look like we're sitting behind the Hollywood sign and just like 14 14 (laughs) different pictures like that. He worked really hard on it too. He was like in the middle of finals week and he just killed it.
0: Yeah, everyone on our YouTube is uh, looking at those right now. We're kind of pulling up those pictures and showing you. And it's just – literally, if anyone doesn't get any – if you don't get anything else out of this interview, you can do all this on your own in your bedroom. I mean to hear you doing that, is that something two or three years ago you never would have thought would be possible?
1: Yeah, you you start to uh, think that you have to rely on all these other people. And especially when you're with a label, you kind of think, all right, they're the professionals. I'm signed now. I can just kind of sit back and – Make the music and let them blow me but blow me up but it's it's never like that you know you always no matter what companies you're with no matter what people you hire or you're working with or whatever you know you always have to keep steering the boat you always have to keep working harder and harder getting better and better at what you're doing that's definitely something I learned I think of uh, for a while I kind of you know took the pressure off myself and relied on other people too much and I think one thing that I learned is that you know you got to always no nobody's ever gonna work harder than you no one's ever gonna wake up in the morning and think about how to make your dreams come true, yeah. you know, only you. Oh, 100%. So um, that's really what I learned from, you know, being independent. And I think that's the, the greatest thing that happened.
0: What was your attitude going into this album? Coming off the last one, 2 a.m. in L.A., certainly a different vibe in this one about surrounding yourself with the right people and yeah. just shooting for success. What was going through your mind when you were writing these songs? What did you want to convey to people?
1: Um, when I go into writing an album, there's not really a certain theme throughout the entire album that I want someone to come out with. You know, they're little stories. Every song is a different, you know, mm-hmm. story. And some are about, ju- ju- you know, just the, the grind of, you know, knowing that everything is going to be all right. Some are about relationships. Some are about getting over relationships. Some are about reminiscing on them. You know, it's just, I, I just write about what I'm going through. So, you know, if, if if there's one theme that you can listen to, I guess, if you listen to the whole album, that's pretty much my life right now. That's, that's, that's the theme, you know. Some days are good. Some days are bad. Some days I feel hopeful. Some days I'm... Mm-hmm. You know, sad, whatever, yeah. just like any other human being. Um, but the whole point of the album name and cover, Silver Lining, um, if you look at it, it's a picture of me on top of a mountain, and uh, it's a bunch of people holding balloons floating away into the sky, into the distance, and it basically is a metaphor for you know, past relationships, record labels, old managers, you know, bad energy, just letting it all go. And I'm standing on the top of the mountain by myself, which signifies me being an independent artist Uh and i'm watching all this all these people go and i'm just looking at the silver lining looking at the sunset and just realizing that something good comes out of everything bad and uh that's the whole point of the cover and the, the name and i think we just we killed that cover like that was that's my favorite cover i've ever seen
0: it's it's incredible and it just even if you just look at it even if you're looking at the picture it's like inspiring you're like Look at look at that view. I mean, look at there's there's a part of it.
1: Yeah, that's that's another one. That's one for a, a song called Distraction. Yeah. Um, but you know, there, every every single cover has has a meaning. You know, obviously I'm I'm being distracted by a bunch of <laughs> little uh, hot air balloons. But if you, if you look at all of them, they they all have a meaning to the song. Have you and, ever uh, been
0: in a, a situation like that, where you're on top of a ba- mountain, or are you in a hot air balloon, you in a hot above air the balloon. clouds like that?
1: I've been in a hot air balloon with my family when I was like 13, and I ended up getting so sick because like, the <laughs> fire is like five feet above your head. Oh, yeah. And I remember it was, like, over Beverly Hills. This was, like, before I ever, it like, was my first time in California. Yeah. And I just remember, like, throwing up out of the hot air balloon, and I just remember thinking, like, I wonder who's, like, <laughs> who's, what celebrity's house am I throwing up on right now? But uh, that was my first and last time in a hot air balloon.
0: Hmm. If yeah. you guys know, if you were the one, just tweet at Jake Miller. You can find him on Instagram and on yeah. Twitter, at Jake Miller. If you
1: live in Beverly Hills and you found <laughs> throw up in your yard about ten years ago. That was me.
0: Based off the last two years, kind of professionally, do you view the music industry different
1: now that I'm independent?
0: Now that you're independent, just the things that you've gone through and being able to put out your own, you know, albums and own songs and artwork and everything. Do you view this the whole music industry different than what you used to?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I just think uh, a lot of artists are seeing seeing what I'm seeing, and I just think the. The, the need for a major label is just kind of getting less and less and um, you know as long as you're talented or you, even if you're not the most talented even if you're the, the hardest working and uh, you know you're, you're dedicated to your craft you're dedicated to get better and better it's like you, you don't need a label like that's just that's just flat out you don't need a label and I was on the label for a long time there were a lot of great things that came out of it um, but it's just like now I can I can really see that being independent is—that's the way to go. Just because, as an yeah. artist, all you really have is your freedom. You know that's why we get into this, just to write about whatever we want to write about. If I want to sing, if I want to rap, if I want to yodel, if I want to make a country album, like I can literally do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. When you're when you're with a label or some companies, and they tell you what to do, like music isn't homework. Nobody should. There's no guidelines in music. There's no rules. So, you know, I think um, I think you just got to stay true to yourself. Don't let anybody tell you what kind of stuff to make whether it's music or or you draw or whatever you do just stay true to yourself and uh if people like it that's just a bonus
0: and sometimes it is like it's a fool's gold that you're you think an agent or a manager's this thing is oh that's where it gets easy that's where i can stop working and then this person can take over and it's not the case
1: yeah no no you definitely just gotta always be the captain you gotta always uh be working and showing everybody that you know you're in charge. That's how it's, that's how it's always going to be. And if I ever do sign another record deal, which maybe I will one day, I know how to structure it. I know how to work it. I'm going to walk into every record building for the rest of my life if I ever have a meeting and be like, this is how it's going to be. You don't have any say in my creative process. I'll give you the album when it's done, mm-hmm. and you can help me promote it. But nobody's going to be involved in telling me how to make the music. And
0: musicians are now having that power. I mean, so many are now being able to put stuff out independently and going independent. Do you think this... I mean, this changes the music industry for the long haul, that they yeah. now have so much more leverage?
1: Yeah, and just, like, with technology and social media, it's, like, it's so easy. I could literally go home tonight, make a song tonight, and upload it to Spotify and iTunes tonight, and it'll be out by tomorrow. And, like, to think about that, like, that's, that's so crazy. And, and it should be inspiring for any musician, you know? Anybody, anybody, anybody can upload a song to iTunes. You can upload a song to iTunes. Anybody well, can. Well, I don't think... Uh, technically, it might not yes, be good, yeah, but you, you haven't can heard do me it. sing, Jake. So let's just. Uh, <laughs> I'm, it, I'm, I'm not saying it, it would be the best song ever. I'm not saying it'll go platinum. <laughs> but if you go to TuneCore.com, you can make an account. You can upload a song. Probably pay nine dollars a year to have it on iTunes, wow. and anybody can, you know, open their GarageBand app on their computer, make a song, get a little cheap mic. I used to use the built-in microphone on my iPhone headphones. As my microphone and uh, TuneCore.com, I upload my songs to iTunes and Spotify, and now they're out to the world. So, and with YouTube and social media, it's like, you know, it's never been easier to get your stuff out there. So, it's a really good time to uh, be a be an artist.
0: Awesome. Long before any of this technology, long before the iPhone, I'm sure you started playing music. Take it back to the very beginning. When did you want to become a singer? Want to become a
1: musician? Um, it didn't really hit me until later. Uh, it didn't really hit me until when I was like 19. Um, I've always known that I love music. You know, I started playing guitar at a really early age. I kind of taught myself. My dad was um, really good on the drums and the guitar, so it was kind of just always in the house. We had like a music room, and I was okay at you know drums and guitar. And um you know, my sister was a dancer. My mom used to sing the national anthem at like Miami Heat Games and huge mm-hmm. tennis tournaments. my, my dad is in a band. So our family has just always loved music. When I was in high school, I got a MacBook for uh, my birthday, I think, and it came with an app called GarageBand. Oh, good old GarageBand. Good old GarageBand, which is the most basic, you know, production app uh, for making your own beats. I was just completely, you know, fascinated with it. I was sitting there making really dumb, stupid beats, and then, you know, two weeks after I figured out how to really be a pro at that, even though I wasn't a pro, it was just really (laughs) stupid beats... Um, I would start rapping on top of these songs, completely joking around. Like I, Mac Miller was like my favorite artist yeah. at the time. He was young, he was white, he was rapping, and he was. I was just like, I, I mean, I love it. Like he was my favorite artist. Maybe I could do it. Mm-hmm. But I was joking around, so I would have come. I would, I, would, I would have friends come over, and we would just make songs on my computer, just kind of like rapping about like you know girls or my teachers or yeah. just really stupid shit. <laughs> and. um I formed this group with this kid Jordan called j Cott and J-Killa, I was J-Killa, and we put like a song out every two weeks on MySpace, we didn't have Instagram or Vine or any of that back then. The OG. Yeah, and these songs just started blowing up in my high school, and like everybody in my high school knew us for that. They didn't think that we were good, they didn't think that the songs were good, they just knew me and this kid Jordan as like the kids who were, like the white kids who were rapping. And so like people were just like talking about it in high school. But Jordan wasn't really serious about it. He didn't have a good flow. <laughs> I had a good flow. Even though I was rapping about stupid shit, I, people were coming up to me like, hey, yo, like, I know you're joking around with those songs, but like, you actually like, have really good flow when you rap. <laughs> like, you should really try to actually like, try, try to make a real song. And so I was like, OK, cool. So I started you know, on my own, making my own songs. I started going to an actual studio. And that was right at the end of my senior year of high school, right when I was about to graduate. Right in the midst of applying to all these colleges and ACTs and SATs, and I got in like nine colleges. My whole life, I thought I was gonna go to college and have a normal job. Music was never even a thing; it was just something I liked doing. It's a hobby. And um, like a week before I was supposed to start at FSU as a freshman, I decided I'm I'm not gonna go to any college. I'm I'm gonna stay home, live with my parents, while all my friends go off to college. And I'm just for one year. That was the deal with my parents: let me let me stay home. Uh, for one year and work on music, see if I can build some traction, maybe a fan base, maybe a record deal, who knows. And if after a year nothing happens, then I'll go you know, back to school and I'll start in college one year late. And that's what I did. And um, it was, I, I worked really hard that summer, I lived with my family, I lost all my friends <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I still keep in t- contact with them obviously, but I didn't ever have that you know, college mm-hmm. experience. But that was that was really the summer that did it, and then I, I worked my ass off. I built a little fan base. I went on my first tour. I got signed, and was that's it.
0: What would you have gone to school for?
1: Did n- you have a major picked out? A, no, I never was like interested in anything. You know, I was just I probably would have just done general classes. I mean, you know, I was I was really good at building growing up, and I was really good at like Legos. Like that was my like I had was a, your jam. I had a sandbox, an empty sandbox in my bedroom growing up of all Legos, like eight feet by eight feet, like a big sandbox. You find it like a park filled with Legos. So I knew I loved Legos. I knew I loved drawing and building, and I put it all together. I'm like, oh, maybe architecture. Architecture. But it wasn't something I was like passionate about. I just thought I would be good at it. But music was the first thing that I found where I'm like, this is actually like, this, this just seems like something I want to do for the rest of my life. Did you feel the pressure in that year
0: of knowing that you make that deal with your parents? And I don't know what your parents are thinking of like, OK, well. Yeah, we'll just feed that for a year, and then maybe he'll go to college. Or what did you feel in that year? Did you feel
1: like you I knew had I was to- never going back? I knew I was never going to college. I knew it for a fact. Um, not that, not that I knew that I would, you know, blow up or anything. I just knew that even if a year ended and I still wasn't where I wanted to be, and my parents were like, you got to go to college. I would have somehow finessed it to be like, I need two years. <laughs> like I just didn't want to go to college for some reason. I just. I just didn't want to be in a frat I didn't want I just didn't think the school thing is for me I wanted to do something a little bit crazier and bigger and um, music just really s- just like st- struck a chord with me I don't know what it was Pun intended. And, um, yeah exactly and um, you know and and in the midst of all that we were now getting hit up by people who are actually in the music industry like people who actually do this for a living mm-hmm. radio people label people and so it wasn't just My friends and family telling me that I was good for the first time ever so it kind of opened my parents eyes like okay maybe we made the right decision because people who actually are in the music industry are telling us that we you know we went down the right path so it just kind of added fuel to the fire I got my first opportunity to play my first show opening for Snoop Dogg was my first show ever wow and that was the night where I fell in love with performing and you know like this within a year it was just like I I knew that it was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life what was
0: that like? Opening for Snoop Dogg, your first show? Nervous? It was crazy,
1: so nervous. Right, right when I, right when I really decided I'm gonna, you know, not go to school. The first thing we did was got a manager, and he sat us down and we kind of he kind of said, "This is what we're gonna do this is our game plan." And one of the things on the agenda was to get me to play shows. And I was never like a the kind of kid growing up where I wanted like the spotlight. I wasn't yeah. that kind of kid, and so I told my manager straight up. I want to make music, I want to be super famous but I'll never get on stage, like that's just one thing about me, don't ever book me a show, I'm not doing it and like two weeks later we get a call from this promoter in Fort Lauderdale that we knew who was putting on a Snoop Dogg show and he had nine openers, I was the first one I couldn't say no (laughs) so um, I brought all my friends on stage we were all, you know, really embarrassed and I had my big sunglasses on looking down the whole time I I didn't know how to perform, you know I had the worst songs out. I had no fan base, but it was so much fun.
0: Do you have a video of that somewhere? Yeah.
1: Yes. I think it's private on YouTube, but Oh
0: come on.
1: Yeah. No, it was, enough it of was you terrible. tweet
0: at Jake Miller. And all the songs might. that I
1: played that night are also private on YouTube. Oh. It was just a, a huge mess. But <laughs> it was um you know, it was it was the reason that I fell in love with performing, so I'm very thankful for that night. Did you actually meet Snoop? No. There were, there were It was the only time I've ever heard of this. There were nine openers. That's insane. And I was one. I think I went on at like 9 o'clock. He probably went on at like 2 in the morning. Yeah. Wow. But your first show was opening for yeah. Snoop Dogg. I've met him since then, and I told him about it. And what do he say? I, yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't think he really cares. Oh, man. But, I, you know, he's a legend. He's really cool.
0: It seems really things did kind of take off. Like you said, people took notice. You know, the the, the gig started coming. You're trying to put out more music. I know in, in 2011 you won the Samsung and T-Mobile Kick It with the Band Talent Competition. I mean, did it seem like things just
1: flowed naturally, was just flowing good in your career at that point? Um, It's never really seemed like... There was never really a time, any any time in my career where it just seemed like everything was coming really easily. It was we were always grinding. It and you know, it, it kinda seems like that looking back, but we were always, you know, grinding. We were always kind of what's coming next? What are we doing next? What's the strategy? It it never really came too easy for us. We were always, you know, ups downs, ups downs. That's how it's been the entire time and that's probably how it will always be. But that contest that you told that we were just talking about, I don't really even remember too much about it. I just remember that, that was, you know, the first time where I won a lot of money from that contest. Mm-hmm. So it was like thirty thousand yeah. dollars, and that was like, all right, I'm gonna put all this money into like actual music videos and like actual studio time. And so that's kind of when my production with videos and songs kind of went to the next level because I just took that money and invested it back into myself.
0: What is that investment entail? And even, I mean, on a day to day for music of you practicing and rehearsing, and mm-hmm. tell me about that grind and about the people who think, oh, it just comes naturally. Oh, he's just putting out songs talk about the investment that it takes to yeah. get to this level
1: well that's another reason why you know i wanted to make make my own beats and stuff because it, it made it cost zero dollars to make this album that i just put out silver lining it literally cost zero dollars um except for I, I threw the kid a couple bucks who made the uh, the album art but in terms of the songs i made them all in my room so zero dollars but you know back in the day when i would be on like record labels and stuff i would be put in rooms with some producers and these producers know I'm working with a big company like, you know, a record label and so they would charge me forty thousand dollars for a beat. Wow. And, and I never came out of my pocket, but could you imagine if I was yeah. independent and I had to front that money? So that's kinda why I was like, All right, well, now I need to figure out how to make my own beats. But you know, it all gets it all gets very costly. Obviously studio time, music videos. I've just surrounded myself with a great a great team. My roommates shoot all my music videos. Um, I make the music, so it's like nowadays. I'm kind of doing it very on a on a low budget, which is cool. How important is that surrounding
0: yourself with the right people who are in your corner, who are going to help you succeed?
1: That's everything. That's literally everything. Um, the fans have always been there, so that's that's you know something I never really need to worry about. They're not going anywhere. They're they're the best. My family and friends are amazing, and then you know I've built a really small, dope, dope team who are just like down to ride and down to grind it out with me. And it's like, that's what it's about, because I know that one day I'm going to be where I want to be. I'm going to be selling out arenas. I'm going to be walking into Rolex and buying all my boys Rolexes. <laughs> and, you know, we're going to be on stage, you know, getting Grammys together. And it's just like, I just know that that's how it's going to be, because that's uh, I'm a good person, and I think mm-hmm. good things happen to good people. And we all work hard. My whole team is great people, and a lot of them have dedicated their whole lives to me. And so, you know, I just know we're going to win big. I, it's just a matter of when.
0: Mm-hmm. It it's amazing that it seems that you know talking about all oh, the the sort of album talking about the breakup and the relationships that all the best music, it sucks that it comes from like yeah. every one time someone breaks up you like, Oh, but I can't wait for their yeah. next album.
1: No, it's true. Yeah, you can you can definitely write some good songs when you're pulling from real emotions. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, some songs on this album, a lot of people have been asking me, like, oh, is this album about this person? Are these songs by this person? You know, I, I really just write songs about situations and feelings. Mm-hmm. It's not so literal as to, you know, one specific person. Um, sometimes I hear stories, and it inspires me to write a song about it. Sometimes, you know, I went through something, or um, I can I could see myself going through something, or mm-hmm. I want something to happen, so I write a song about it. It's not doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going through that right now, but, you know. As long as you can write a song that someone in the world is going through that and can mm-hmm. relate to, that's, that's really what all that music is about, just making people connect with it.
0: You were talking earlier about you know being with a, a big label and sometimes you feel like you're shackled, and you're talking about, oh, I know you've opened up in the past about you, you can't do certain beats or they're kind of very restrictive. Mm-hmm. What was your you know, emotion and feeling around that time when you're wanting to do something and you can't?
1: I mean, y- yeah. you're wanting to push forward, and you're feeling this push back. What's going through your mind at that point? Well, you hear a lot of stories about, like, you know, labels trying to change artists, but I never really thought it would happen to me, and it's just kind of, it kind of felt like, uh, you know, they they signed me because they loved what I had going on, and then they came in and kind of wanted to change it, and, you know, I trusted them because, you know, I just signed with them, I didn't want to get in any fights with anybody, you know, I thought they knew what they were doing, not that they don't, but, you know, it's just, when you when you sign to a huge major label, you just... You know, they're they're the professionals. It's mm-hmm. like you you've been waiting your whole life to sign to a major label. So whatever they say is probably right. That's that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you know they told me stop rapping. You can't really get a song on the radio if you rap. It's kind of corny pop rap. It's it's not gonna get you on radio. You're not gonna get spins. So I was like okay cool. I guess I'll stop rapping just because you guys think it'll work. Um, I was really upset about that for a while because my hard my diehard fans like really you know started following me because of my rap. And, and so, this was with Warner, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, I was really upset about it for a while. I kind of felt like I was like selling out in my own head. But I had a long talk with my dad. He pretty much just said, like, you're not selling out unless you, you know, make music that you don't want to make. Like, you you don't have to rap. You can still sing and make songs that are mm-hmm. from your heart and still songs that are authentic to you. It doesn't matter what you do as long as you're pouring yourself into them. You're not selling out. A good song is a good song. And so I'm like, yeah, you're completely right. So um, I started singing. I started taking a few lessons and. And now that I sing more, it's like that's really what I love doing. Like even yeah. independently, when nobody's telling me what to do, I would rather sing than rap.
0: At what point did you know it was time for a split?
1: From the label. From the label. Uh, I don't know. We just weren't really seeing eye to eye on a lot of things. Um, I think uh, there was one point where I kind of told them I wanted to start. I w- it was right when I was starting to like make my own beats. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to start making music in my room and just throwing it on SoundCloud just for the fans because I felt like things were happening too slow. And, you know, as an artist, all I really want is to put out a lot of music. This is this is a time, you know, in life where con- content is key. You need to be putting out songs once a month, videos once a month. And, you know, I think in 2016, I put out like a total of like seven songs, which is like super... Whack! Like that is yeah. you can't do that.
0: It's like one every two months.
1: Yeah, you. I think. Well, it was all seven, and it was at once. Yeah, for an EP. So it was like I put out one EP in a year, and I just didn't like it. I just I thought I was kind of letting my fans down. So I started to make my own songs and uh, produce the beats and throw them on SoundCloud for free, just like once a month. And I don't think they were very happy about that because <laughs> uh, you know it was free. No one was making money. Not that I cared all mm-hmm. about the money, obviously, which is why I wanted to put them on SoundCloud. I just care about making the fans happy. And um, there were just a lot of things, but we don't need to get into that.
0: No, I'm not going to press you on that. But I think what I'm trying to get is I think a lot of people look at that and say, man, it seems like everything's perfect. And it's it's not because you were able to kind of break from that. And what was – did you feel freedom when you went independent, when you were able to just yeah, say, first, I know what I'm doing now?
1: First, I was really scared because that was before I you know really honed in on production. And I was I was kind of panicking for a little bit. A I little took bit a being back. a couple days, a couple weeks? Um, probably a few weeks, you know, just kind of figuring out who's my new team and, you know, who's... Where am I going to get my beats from? Mm-hmm. Where am I going to... But that's when I kind of mm-hmm. was like, all right, I'm going to take a step back and, you know, take a few months and really dedicate this time to becoming an all-around great artist. And that's just something that I know will stay with me for the rest of my life now. Um, so that was, like, the most important few months of my life, I think.
0: Was there ever a time that you thought
1: about taking an extended break from music, taking no. six months, taking a year, nothing? No. I mean, I, I even get opportunities to this day where um, I just got a call this morning about a possible movie they wanted to shoot in Boston and a bunch of stuff like that. And it's like, those opportunities are really cool, but I couldn't imagine taking two months out of my life to, you know, but to, to, to not concentrate on music. Because music is not only my baby, but it's like, I feel like every day that I'm not doing something productive, you know, somebody else is working harder than me and someone else is going to try to take my spot and I'm, I'm not trying to have that happen. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love music. I'm, I'm going to do it forever.
0: Awesome. What is, you know, talking about the grind, what's maybe the hardest obstacle you've ever had to overcome? Or was there a time of grinding where you look back and, man, you don't know how you made it through or you look at it and you're sleeping on a couch or you're you're working for free and everything? What
1: what You got a story? The grind is really... F- Fun. Like, that's the, like hmm. I had a fun grind, you know? I was never... I'm lucky enough where I never had to, like, you know, go broke spending all my money, you know, like spend, paying for studio yeah. time or beats. Like, I'm lucky enough to come from a family who at the beginning when I wasn't making any money, my parents supported me and they helped me out. Um, so in terms of that, I was really lucky. Um, you know, obviously we did the whole hop in a van and tour around the whole country, but I wouldn't call that a grind. That's me and my best yeah. friends... Playing music to 50 kids a night on my first tour in a little white creepy van—like some people might call that a grind. I thought it was the best year of my life. You know what I mean? Um, now we're in a tour bus, so you can call that a grind. Some people call that a grind. I think it's the best time in the freaking world. Um, you know, I think when I was first starting and rapping, I would—I uh, wasn't taken seriously by a lot of people. So maybe you could say that that was like the hardest struggle, just because. I just felt like the white, you know, the white backpack college rap was just kind of getting old and no one was really taking it seriously. And so that's why we kind of all wanted to flip it up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You're talking
0: about how it's it's not a grind. It's fun. Why is that? What drives you that makes it fun? What motivates you in saying, yeah, this is, might be, not be the best scenario, but I'm making the best of it because it's what
1: I love. In terms of
0: touring? Yeah. In terms of touring, in terms of making music, just things that, you know, most people might say is a grind. I mean, when you, the just the put the it,
1: when you just put it, you know, when you compare my job to all my friends' jobs or just a, a normal person's job, not that I'm not normal. I'm normal as well. <laughs> but it's like, how can I ever complain with this lifestyle that I live? Like, I wake up, I do what I love every day, and I make a living off of it, and I get to touch people's lives in a positive way. Like, that literally sounds to me like the dream job. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not where I want to be yet, but if I, even, even if I stayed where I am right now for the rest of my life, it's an amazing life. I had an amazing time. You know, I'm having an amazing time every single day. Um, Like right now, this interview, how could you call this work? This is fun. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like I'm never – I knew that I was never going to sit in a cubicle and, you know, do that kind of job, and a lot of my friends do that, and you just put it in perspective. It's like I don't think I've really ever done, like, the real-life grind. Like I've done the music grind, Mm -hmm. but it's like I can't – you know, I can never complain. This is, like, the greatest job. Yeah. Where do you want to be? You talked about I'm not where I want to be yet. Where do you see yourself and where do you want to be? I want to be, you know, selling out amphitheaters by this time next year, uh, playing amphitheaters, and then one day, obviously, doing arenas. My my goal is to follow, like, Justin Timberlake's uh, career path, music first, mm-hmm. and then kind of break into acting. Acting is definitely something that I want to dabble in, but it's not something that I'm, like, super passionate about. And I'm all about, like... You can't do two things at the same time. You got to put all your energy into one. Um, and so I just, it's not the right time for me right now. But I think one day, once everybody knows me for my music, I would love to, you know, act, be in a movie or something. That'd
0: be interesting. That'd yeah, be. Who knows?
1: A lot of people tell me I should do it. Like, uh, you know, the face for it. You got to do it. You got to do it. It's just like, I hear you saying that. I just, I, the passion is not there. I don't know. I think the good thing is
0: when you do something you love and you really gain a foothold in it, then you give yourself the opportunity to do other things. And yeah. you give yourself the freedom of now that I've worked hard enough to get to where I am, all right, now I can maybe devote some time over yeah. here. Now build I can each follow other. this passion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What do you consider your definition of success? Um just making other people happy, you know. If I can make songs that turn people's moods around and just put them in a happy place like I have a whole playlist on Spotify that I made. It's called uh, It's Impossible to Feel Sad While Listening to These Songs. What do we got? What's on there? Oh, man, you should pull it out. Yeah, Spotify. I'll pull it up. Uh, it's got, like, the Commodores, Easy, uh, a lot of Bob Marley, a lot of Jimmy Buffett, um, Stevie Wonder, Bruce Springsteen. It's really a lot of older music, but it's just, it's also songs that, like, remind me of, like, my dad or, like, going to the keys of my family. So it might just be biased to me but um yeah i don't know if you could search oh i'd playlists. have to like log in yeah but search it if you're on spotify it's it's called it's a really long name it's called it's impossible to feel sad while listening to this playlist <laughs> and you do you add songs to that yeah i add them all the time but it's just like it's songs that like even if you just hear them for the first time like they just have this kind of feel where you just like you can drive in the car and it doesn't matter what you're going through you feel great and so if i can make music like that um you know that's that's success to me in 40 years
0: 50 years. Yeah. When someone's looking back and describing your life and the things that you've done, if you could name two or
1: three things that you would like to be remembered for, mm-hmm. what would it be? Um, I would love to be remembered for inspiring other artists to, you know, get up and learn how to produce their own stuff and write their own stuff and just kind of be the boss of their own project and even if it's just not in music, just realizing that you don't need anybody else, you just need yourself, some motivation, some imagination. Um, I think that's a really cool thing to inspire other people, because other people like Chance the Rapper have inspired me to do the same. Um, another thing I'd like to be remembered for, just making positive songs, you know, impacting people. Uh, early on in my career, I made a lot of songs with pretty deep meanings. I made a song called A Million Lives." I made a Suicide Awareness song called Steven, an anti bully song called Um, Like Me. And those songs really just stuck and they to this day, even four or five years later, they're the fan favorites that I play at most shows, mm-hmm. Like Me, A Million Lives, just because, you know, they made such not just a difference in my career, but in people's lives, which is more important. People come to the shows with my lyrics tattooed to them. That's literally a What is permanent. that like? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's like the coolest thing to me. People always ask like what's the what's the best gift that you get from fans or like the best fan gift that you've ever got. That's, that's it when people come and show me lyrics tattooed to their bodies that's like that's my favorite and most of the time it's handwritten by me they'll come to a meet and greet they'll have a piece of paper they'll be like can you write out this lyric and really? the next time I see them they have the exact handwriting and everything tattooed yeah hundreds and hundreds I have a photo album on my computer I save them all so if cra- you have any tattoos, tweet them to me. I save every single one of them.
0: That is incredible. And that's like what we're talking about. What, what do you want to be remembered for? And that is literally a, a forever memory because yeah. you know people are asking them about that tattoo and they're able to share that. Until they're, you know, 100 years old. People are going to be like, what's that?
1: Like? <laughs> I don't remember. Gr- Grandma, what does this say? I don't know. It's sagging.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what advice do you have for other people? For the kids who are wanting to make music? and saying, oh, man, but I'm not signed to a label. Oh, but I'm not getting taken seriously. What do you tell them?
1: I would just say stay true to yourself. Um, It doesn't matter if you are taken seriously. If you take yourself seriously, um, that's all that really matters. Um, In terms of, like, the technical thing, um, if you want to learn an instrument, if you want to learn how to play, like, I'm telling you, like, you can learn anything in a year on YouTube. You can become good at anything in a year. I'd never touched a piano until last year and now I feel like I'm like Beethoven on the piano. I wake up every morning I Google you know I go on YouTube and I just type in jazz piano and I just sit there and learn jazz piano like songs like I don't even know the names of the chords but I just I've memorized a bunch of piano and like I can make up chords and see what goes good together and that's what helped me produce so it's like you can literally learn anything on YouTube and I think that's what a lot of people they all know that but nobody like actually like listens to that and Mm -hmm. like actually follows through with it like you can any single thing you can become great at if you just put in one hour every day and learn Photoshop and you can build a studio in your house and it, it, you can put yourself on top of the Hollywood sign
0: and it's crazy because it's like you know, I, I say that the outcome now is, is getting more of what matters the process doesn't matter as much anymore mm-hmm. it's the outcome if something looks good if something sounds good it Hollywood and people
1: it. don't care as much about A, B, C, and D as long as yeah, no. the E outcome for sure. You can't tell at all that my album was recorded in my bedroom. Cannot tell. My, my fan is probably on, my AC was probably on. And think about all these studios that have millions of dollars worth of padding in the walls mm-hmm. and the ceilings have to be 15 feet high and the microphone is $50,000, same one that Michael Jackson. It's like, yeah. I bought this microphone for $150 and I put a sock over it and I made the whole album. And it sounds the same. Wow. That's
0: incredible, man. That's incredible. I appreciate you coming on. I do. <laughs> like you. hearing stories like that, it just it inspires people so much. Literally, I can just picture a kid listening to this at home, who's like, "Man, but I I can't make it out to Hollywood. I can't make it in the studio." And now, hearing this
1: album and knowing this, is thinking to himself, "All right, I can do it." Yeah. Oh, no, it's true. I hope everybody uh, goes out there and tries to get better at something.
0: Absolutely. Again, his album "Silver Lining" out now. April thirteenth, first show Tampa. Back home, yes. you
1: excited? Well, that's not that's not hometown. Two shows that, later, yeah. Fort Lauderdale. Home state. Yeah, home state. But, uh, I'm very excited. I mean, I'm just excited for the tour, to be honest. I'm, I've never performed any of these new songs. So uh, we have rehearsals starting tomorrow, and it's just, it's just going to be an amazing time.
0: I have a feeling you're going to get a bunch more tattoo requests coming yeah. because they are that good. Guys, go listen to this album. Purchase the album. Shout him out on his Twitter, on his Instagram, at Jake Miller. Again, he listens to your guys' stuff. He responds to it. He saves those tattoo pictures. Guys, I hope you really learned a lot listening to this. Hopefully you felt encouraged. Hopefully you just know that you can do anything. You put it in. You put that time in. It doesn't even cost a lot of money anymore. Guys, we are here every single Monday on Popcorn Talk. You can also listen to us on Apple iTunes. Like, comment, rate, subscribe, tell a friend, share that positivity. That's what we're all about. Jake, thank you again for coming in. Thanks for having me. Guys, we'll see you next time.